Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be God's family, now and forever. Amen. Let's pray together. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. To us, Lord, we pray the Spirit to think and do always those things that are right, that we who cannot exist without you may by you be enabled to live according to your will. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. from Genesis. Jacob settled in the land where his father had lived as an alien, the land of Canaan. This is the story of the family of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was shepherding the flock with his brothers. He was a helper to the sons of Bala and Zalpah, his father's wives, and Joseph brought a bad report of them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his children because he was the son of his old age and he had made him a long robe with sleeves. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now his brothers went to pasture their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, are not your brothers pasturing the flock at Sechem? Come, I will send you to them, he answered. Here I am. So he said to him, Go now, see if it is well with your brothers and with the flock, and bring word back to me. So he sent them from the valley of Hebron. He came to Shechem, and a man found him wandering in the fields, and the man asked him, What are you seeking? I'm seeking my brothers, he said. Tell me where they are pasturing the flock. And the man said, They have gone away, for I heard them say, Let us go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. And they saw, from, saw him from a distance, and before he came near to them, they conspired to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes the dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. And then we shall say that a wild animal has devoured him, 
and we shall see what will become of his dreams. But when Reuben heard it, he delivered him out of their hands, saying, Let us not take his life. Reuben said to them, Shed no blood. Throw him into this pit here in the wilderness, but lay no hand on him, that he might rescue him out of their hand and restore him to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the long robe with the sleeves that he wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. And then they sat down to eat. And looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels carrying gum, balm, and resin, and on their way to carry it down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come, let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. His brothers agreed. And when some midnight traders passed by, they drew Joseph up, lifting him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. We will read responsibly by the half verse. Give thanks to the Lord and call upon God's name. Sing to the Lord, sing praises. Glory in God's holy name. Search for the Lord and the strength of the Lord. Remember the marvels God has done. O oh, offspring, offspring of Abraham, God's servant, children. Then the Lord called for a famine in the land. Then the Lord sent a man before them. They bruised his feet in fetters until his prediction came to pass. The king sent and released him. He set them as a master over his household to instruct his officials according to his will. A reading from Romans. Moses writes concerning the righteousness that comes from the law, that the person who does these things will live by them. 
But the righteousness that comes from faith says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring Christ up from the dead. What does it say? The word is near you on your lips and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For one believes with the heart and so is justified and one confesses with the mouth and so is saved. The scripture says, no one who believes in him will be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. The same Lord is Lord of all and is generous to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him? And how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to thee, Lord Christ. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, Jesus came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out to you on the water. Jesus said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when Peter noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught Peter, saying to him, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ. Please be seated. Just a reminder that we're kind of in the middle of what we call ordinary time, and a reminder that that doesn't mean nothing special is happening. Rather, this time is meant for us, having gone through the holy days of Easter and through Pentecost, to think about how we're going to reorder our lives. This is time for ordering our lives liturgically, not only with the ways in which we pray, but in the ways in which we conceive of Jesus and act out of that. And so here we get this sort of fantastic story. And um, look, I hope we understand to resist the literal interpretation. Like after church, I'm not gonna encourage you to walk on Clear Lake for a number of reasons. Um, It's hot and if you got a cut, you could probably die. So um, those are being some of them. And look, we need to extend a little bit of understanding here because the story is more than literal. Reminder to you that um, biblically, the image of water represents often chaos. So Jesus, as much as he's literally walking walking on waves, he's walking on top of chaotic waves in the world. More on that in a second, but I don't think you need more from me. I think you get that. He comes along, right, and uh, there's this interesting moment that happens in the story where this is God made manifest in a human being and the people think he's a scary ghost. So I want you to pause and think about that because um, back when I was uh, growing up, the church told me there's one unforgivable sin. Have you heard this before? The unforgivable sin is blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, which is when God shows up and does something incredible, the unforgivable sin is to give that credit to evil instead of goodness. What does that look like? Well, I don't know if you know this, but 40 years ago, a rogue bishop ordained 11 women in the Episcopal Church. They decided they could wait until the general convention decided it was fit and right to do so, or they could just do it. And at the time, people said, it's a ghost. (laughs) It's a ghost. And what do you know? It was Jesus walking on the waves. 
This is one of our opportunities to think, how do we label things and do we get it right? Sometimes we call things ghostly that are in fact God's glory made manifest, so we probably ought to be careful how we judge. (laughs) Jesus shows up to the boat, and uh, you probably know this story if you've been in church before. Peter says, let me come out. And um, what do you know? He does. Successfully, he makes it out of the boat. And then he starts to sink. Now, I don't know if you grew up with a flannel board. I grew up with a flannel board. And there's this picture of Jesus who's sort of giving Peter the hand down. And he, you know, he's supposed to look nice in the face and all that, but Jesus didn't look all that happy. Sort of like, why didn't you get this right, Peter? with a smile, right? That was the flannel board in my memory. And I don't know if you realize this, there's no tone in the scriptures. So the way we read it often says more about us than it does about what's in the book. The tone I grew up with is, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And the lesson was, I better not doubt. (laughs) Anybody else get that lesson? I'm just curious. Yeah, and the problem is, right, I got lots of doubts. (laughs) I actually hope you have lots of doubts, too, because we live in a cognitive dissonance kind of universe, right? But I'd like you to consider that maybe there's a different way to read this story. You ever heard that story where Jesus says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can tell a mountain to throw itself into the chaos and it'll do it, right? Heard that story? Maybe Jesus is pretty happy that we have little faith. I want to make sure you hear that again. (laughs) This much faith can do a lot. So if Peter has a little faith, maybe Jesus is actually pretty happy he had a little faith. He had a little faith. He had enough to get out of a boat. We could hear Jesus accusing Peter, why did you doubt? But we could also hear Jesus asking curiously, why did you doubt? (laughs) Which makes me think, maybe Jesus had some doubts. God, I hope so. Because if he didn't, boy, he doesn't understand me at all. I don't know why Peter doubted. I know why I doubt. (laughs) I doubt because sometimes we walk on one wave of chaos and then there's a tsunami right after it, (laughs) right? Boy, it's really hard to still the ocean sometimes. I got doubts because, you know, I don't think I want God to give me a hand down to the water. I want to do it myself. (laughs) And I don't really want to give hand downs to other people because, look, they should get themselves out. I did that, right? Hard work discipline, education. That's how we get out of the chaos. So I guess I'll help you, but really you should help yourself. I got doubts like that. I got doubts like, hey, if I don't do something, it's not going to get done. You ever have doubts like that? (laughs) It becomes really weird as a priest, right? I get doubts like, oh man, the budget and the ASA, that's some kind of reflection on, I don't know, my spirituality or piety. I have doubts like that. I have doubts like, God, I thought I was doing something really good and it's really dang miserable. (laughs) So what's up with that? Aren't I doing the right thing? Why is it so hard? Please tell me you have those doubts. I guarantee you Jesus had those doubts. 
I guarantee you that if Jesus was a human being, like the scriptures say, he thought, why am I getting nailed to this thing? (laughs) So if you get nothing else, I think there's a way we can shift this scene where Jesus is not pointing at Peter. He's actually happy Peter had enough faith to get out of the boat, and he wants to know, what are your doubts? I'll tell you mine. And then Peter, Jesus does this really interesting thing. He doesn't wait until Peter sinks so that he learns his lesson. Do you notice the word? Immediately. Immediately gives him a hand up. A hand up. Now, I don't know if you realize, most Episcopal churches, and you're you're in one right now, architecturally are designed to look like an upside-down boat hole. Right? Because historically, we've said the church is the ship of salvation. And sure enough, I don't even need to explain to you very well, although we'll talk about it in one second, the world's kind of full of chaos. (laughs) Right? The world and even homes are. And, and so the image has been that the church is the boat of salvation on the waves. And this story is a great reminder that there's people out there struggling in the chaos. And part of what Jesus asks us to do is just have enough little faith to get down and give them a hand up. And guess what? We might sink, which is why there's other people in the boat that can pull us in. And when you get in the boat, we get a little rest. <laughs> And we get a little bit of nourishment for our spirits and our bodies. And then hopefully we don't stay in the boat. We come back to it. But we go out looking for folks, frankly, who nobody's giving a hand up to. A hand up to. And if we're honest, and this is true about being an Episcopalian, we love, and a clergy person too, we love helping people, but we're hard to help. (laughs) And part of the story is, I will gladly take your hand. It is a gift to me. You're pulling me out of this chaos. And I'd love to give it to somebody else or to you in return. This is the model. So why did we read that Genesis story? Well, it has a lot to do with the chaos. Honestly, we could talk about what's happening uh, on the other side of the world. But look, this is just about family chaos, right? If you've got a sibling, I'm sure the question came in your head, which one of us do our parents love more? I've got a brother. I knew the answer to that. (laughs) This is a story about that. This is a story with 12 kids, and it's really clear who the favorite one is. It's Joseph. And the brothers do this very middle school boy thinking. Well, geez, if we kill Joseph, then dad will have to love us. You may say, that is so extreme. Have you ever been in middle school and been a boy? Like, this is how the brain works, right? And this is the chaotic life, frankly, we live in. Look at the brotherly love they give him. Well, let's not kill him. We could sell him into slavery and get some money. He's our brother after all. I mean, look, this is family dynamics at its worst. We don't even have to talk about starving people in Africa. This is what we live in. If you have a family member, you know this chaos of being in family. There's not a tidy resolution to the story. There's a description that this is what the waters are like, wave after wave after wave, and that we're called, honestly, to get on the waves and pull people out. And dare I say also to be willing to take that hand and not think, well, I may not really need it this time. I'm going to save it till when I do. (laughs) Take the hand. 
take the hand, walk the waves. I don't know how we quiet the storm, but I know we don't do it sitting in the boat. Please join me as we pray our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, With all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above, for the loving kindness of God, and for the salvation of our souls, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, For the peace of the world, for the welfare of the Holy Church of God, and for the unity of all peoples, let us pray to the Lord. For the people and clergy of the church, for bishops and other ministers, the priests in our community, Mike, Jim, and Craig, our bishops, Andy, Hector, Jeff, and Kay, in the Diocese of Texas, All Saints Cameron, Christ Church Mahaya, and Christ Church Temple, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin, and our presiding bishop, Michael, let us pray to the Lord. For our parish and our vestry, that the source of wisdom may guide us, the source of strength may support us, and the source of love may unify us, let us pray to the Lord. For all who govern and hold authority in every nation, for the members of the armed forces throughout the world, and for all who struggle for peace and justice, that they may act with prudence and vision to plant the signs of your dominion everywhere. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord For this city, for every city and community, and for those who live in them, 
Let us pray to the Lord. For the good earth which God has given us, and for the wisdom and will to conserve it, let us pray to the Lord. For the aged and infirm, for the widowed and orphans, and for the sick and the suffering, especially those on our parish prayer list, let us pray to the Lord. The congregation is invited to name their own celebrations or petitions, silently or aloud. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord for the poor and the oppressed, for the unemployed and the destitute, for prisoners and captives, and for all who remember and care for them, let us pray to the Lord. For all who have died in the hope of the resurrection and for all the departed, let us pray to the Lord. For deliverance from all danger, violence, oppression, and degradation, let us pray to the Lord. That we may end our lives in faith and hope, without suffering and without reproach, let us pray to the Lord. In the communion of St. Thomas and of all the saints, let us commend ourselves and one another and all our life to Christ our God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and so let us confess our sin against God and our neighbor. The hatred that divides nation from nation, race from race, class from class. Father, forgive the covetous desires of people and nations to possess what is not their own. Father, forgive the greed which exploits the work of human hands and lays waste the earth. Father, forgive our envy of the welfare and happiness of others. Father, forgive our indifference to the plight of the imprisoned the homeless, the refugee. Father, forgive. The lust which dishonors the bodies of women, children, and men. Father, forgive. The pride which leads us to trust in ourselves and not in God. Father, forgive. The almighty and compassionate God grant you absolution and remission of all your sin. True repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of the Holy Spirit Amen. So be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And now at this point in our liturgy, I asked us for a little bit of faith. We stand because that worked. <laughs> God has given us a hand up. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Thank you for worshiping with us at St. Thomas today. If you're new to this or haven't done this before, in the room right behind the one we're sitting in, we call that the narthex. There's these little cards that say welcome, 
And we'd be tremendously grateful if you'd fill one of them out and put them in the little blue basket so we have a record of your visit. And look, you get to decide if you want to call or an email. And if you don't, you don't get one. But we would be tremendously grateful if you'd fill one out. And thanks for worshiping with us today. Um, there's a few announcements I want to call to your attention. Uh, most of these are in the e-news that come, but a few I want to highlight and some that aren't. So if you're looking over here, gosh, it looks really empty in a beautiful way. And so uh, that's because yesterday we moved all of our pipes out into a different part of the building to store because we're getting ready to start building out uh, the chambers to hold this pipe organ and insulating the ceiling. And um, look, we don't applaud, but you can always go up to John Leedy and thank him. He's been tireless. And yesterday he was here like 10 hours organizing and supervising this. And it's well, it's a beautiful church and you get to see it. And we're headed toward that pipe organ, which is great. So thanks, John. And, and yeah, okay, thanks, John. <laughs> it, it is sometimes very, very fun when we have occasions to call people out in the community. So I don't know if you've heard of the Silver Snoopy Award. This is a thing that happens over at NASA where an astronaut identifies an employee that's gone above and beyond. Uh, something like fewer than 1% of NASA employees get this. And our 8 o'clock, uh, Mary McFather is going to be receiving that award on Tuesday. So huge congratulations to Mary. That's a really, really big deal. Um, really fun thing. You know, we talked about this NASA memorial last week. I gave you an update, and there's a little bit on Facebook. And really fun thing happening with that tomorrow. Charlie Bolden and Bobby Satcher are both coming to be interviewed for a documentary about this project honoring uh, black contribution to the space program since its inception. This is something the diocese has funded and that will be coming soon to that grassy knoll near you. So uh, you'll get to see the fruits of this interview and documentary where they tell their, their story a little bit in reminder that Charlie Bolden took <coughs> our patent into space himself, which is just a really cool thing, right? Because what we do up at tables out of this world, literally. Um, okay, a couple other things to highlight. This coming Thursday, is our youth group organizational meeting for the year. So if your kids or your neighbor's kids or your grandkids, remember we're open <coughs> here, is going into sixth grade uh, tomorrow or in a week, um, this meeting is for you. Alex is gonna have the year calendar, talk about opportunities and ways you can support the youth group. And it'll be in the school annex building out here. That's the new youth group room, uh, the one right on the playground. So that'll be at 6.30 on Thursday night. Coming Saturday is the, uh, the sort of the redo uh, for the Bread Guild. Reminder, the Bread Guild makes the Eucharistic bread that we're getting ready to eat. And their first meeting since COVID is this Saturday at 1 o'clock here in Christ Hall. If you miss it, you can still, you can kind of come and go from the guild meetings. But this is the organizational uh, meeting. It's a really a lovely time to meet people and honestly, we say, all things come from you, O Lord, and of, our, of your own have we given you, and that's as much about our offerings as it is about the bread and the wine. So this is like a lovely way to spiritually be involved in prepping us for communion. Okay, a week from Tuesday, school's starting, and so our programmatic year at church is going to start too. So a week from Tuesday, that's August 22nd, 
we're going to start an evening Bible study, and that is available for families. So that'll go Tuesday night from 6.30 to 7.30, and there'll be joint offerings, one for kids and one for adults, or you can choose to do this together. It'll be in Christ Hall at 6.30, and the very first one we're doing is going to help set the scope for the next several of weeks. So Tuesday the 22nd in Christ Hall at 6.30. Uh, the other offering we're doing this uh, school year starts on Wednesday the 30th. The E-News had a mistake, sorry. It's on Wednesday, August the 30th, and we'll be doing several weeks of uh, affirmative inquiry into world religions like Judaism, Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, etc. So that'll be on Wednesday mornings from 9 to 10. Uh, we're always able to um, have Zoom for everything we do and record everything we do in case you're having trouble sleeping. You can watch them at night, and they live on our YouTube channel. So those are, uh, those are our opportunities coming up, and you'll see them in the e-news along with the Women's Forum, which meets on Thursday, is starting up pretty soon, too. Uh, last thing I want to remind you of is that we have the blood drive on August 27th, and there's also a parish pool party on the 27th. Uh, you'll see that there. It goes from 3.30 to 5.30, and we do ask people to sign up so we get the food count correct. Uh, we're getting help from the Holy Smokers and getting food at this, uh, at this pool uh, on El Dorado. So uh, if you're not getting the e-news, let me know. Uh, or if you have any questions or you want to help out with any things, let me know too. Um, continue to walk in love. As Christ first loved us and gave himself for us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
All things come of thee, O Lord. And, and of thine own have we given, given thee. This is the table, not of the church, but of Jesus Christ. It is made ready for those who love him and those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little. You who have been here often and you who have not been for a long time or ever before. You who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come. Not because the church invites you, it is Christ. And he invites you to meet him here. Our service continues on page 340 in your red prayer book. Page 340. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is very meet, right, and our bounden duty that we should at all times and in all places give thanks unto thee, O Lord, Holy Father Almighty, everlasting God, creator of the light and source of life, who hast made us in thine image and called us to new life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and singing. tender mercy that's give thine only son Jesus Christ to take our nature upon him and to suffer death upon the cross for our redemption he made there a full and perfect sacrifice for the whole world and that institute and in his holy gospel command us to continue a perpetual memory of that his precious death and sacrifice until his coming again for in the night in which he was betrayed Jesus took bread and when he given thanks to thee he broke it gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, all that I am, which is given to build you up. Whenever you eat bread, remember me. Likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup of wine. And when he given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood, my life force, given to nourish your own. Whenever you drink wine, remember me. Wherefore, our Lord and Heavenly Father, we, thy people, 
to celebrate and make with these thy holy gifts which we now offer unto thee, the memorial thy Son hath commanded us to make, having in remembrance his blessed passion and precious death, his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension, and looking for his coming again with power and great glory. And most humbly beseech thee, O merciful Father, to hear us, and with thy word and Holy Spirit to bless and sanctify these gifts of bread and wine, that they may be unto us the body and blood of thy dearly beloved Son, Jesus Christ. And we earnestly desire thy fatherly goodness to accept this, our sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, whereby we offer and present unto thee, O Lord, ourselves, our souls and our bodies. Grant, we beseech thee, that all who partake of this holy communion may worthily receive the most precious body and blood of thy Son, Jesus Christ, be filled with thy grace and heavenly benediction, and also that we and all thy whole church may be made one body with him. He may dwell in us and we in him through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, by whom and with whom and in whom, in the unity of the Holy Ghost, all honor and glory be unto thee, O Father Almighty, world without end. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ hath taught us, we are bold to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. These are the gifts of God for you, the people of God. Feed on them in your hearts by faith and with thanksgiving.
Let's pray together. Almighty and ever-living God, we most heartily thank Thee for that Thou dost feed us in these holy mysteries with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of Thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and dost assure us thereby of Thy favor and goodness towards us, and that we are very members incorporate in the mystical body of Thy Son, the blessed company of all faithful people, and are also heirs through hope of thy everlasting kingdom. And we humbly beseech thee, O Heavenly Father, so to assist us with thy grace, that we may continue in that holy fellowship and do all such good works as thou hast prepared for us to walk in, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with thee and the Holy Ghost be all honor and glory, 
world without end. Amen. The wisdom of God, the love of God, and the grace of God strengthen you to be Christ's hands and heart in this world. In the name of the Holy Trinity, amen.
another section. I was so happy. I just noticed. 